At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. You have the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We've got a tremendous hour that is going to be coming up for you as we're going to be joined by a pair of great guests. We're going to be diving into UFC 276 in about 15 minutes as Dan Freeland, he does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is going to be joining me. And then in about 45 minutes, we're going to be taking a look at the NFL market with Matt Landis, taking a look at some futures. He does a great job with the Props and Hops podcast. That is going to be a great chat there. And along the way, we're going to be taking a look at a little bit of Major League Baseball that we've got for Friday. So, some sweats for today, some sweats for the future, and taking a look at a little bit for this weekend as well. So we've got all the bases covered, and it is my job to try to cover all the bases. As I wind up doing an article every single day for DK Nation, giving a little bit of shine for a play that I wind up liking, and we're going to wind up heading out to our nation's capital between a pair of teams that are not going to be competing for the postseason. But with that said, there's money to be made, whether you're betting on a primetime game like the Astros versus the New York Yankees or you're betting on the Miami Marlins and the Washington Nationals. 903-904 on the betting board. It is going to be Trevor Rogers who wants to be in the neighborhood of a win for the Miami Marlins. And Josiah Gray is going to be on the bump for Washington. Washington find themselves between about a minus 120 to a minus 125 favorite. Finding a little bit of a plus price between plus 105 and plus 112 when it comes to Miami. And total on this game is 9. A lot of juice currently on the over end. What I want to make in the DK Nation pick is the Miami Marlins. I was actually one to lay up to about a minus 120-ish on them because Trevor Rogers has been a vastly different pitcher home to road. You take a look at him at home, and he is quite honestly been hot garbage. Right around an 839 ERA with 2.6 home runs per nine innings surrendered. 
That ERA gets cut nearly in half when he winds going on the road end. The home runs per nine winds going from 2.6 at home down to 0.7 on the road. So he has been vastly better whenever he has been away from Miami, which really doesn't make a lot of sense because he also wound up having a better road ERA rather than a home ERA last season as well. And Miami, very much known for being a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Meanwhile, for the Washington Nationals, Josiah Gray also winds up having demonstrative home and road splits, and he's a home pitcher, which this is actually a bad thing for him. So long two and a half home runs with a 591 ERA at home compared to a 221 ERA with more like 1.2 home runs per nine innings on the road. And when it's not helping either of these teams really is the bullpen. Both of these teams have been relatively terrible in terms of the ERA out there in the pen. Both of these teams in the bottom 10, the big leagues, but for the Washington Nationals, it's been a little bit worse. Carl Edwards Jr. has been able to give you some solid innings, but guys like Andres Machado, Steve Ciszek, Kyle Finnegan, a lot of veterans currently have north of a four ERA for the Miami Marlins. Anthony Bass has been able to do a solid job, but you really haven't had a lot outside of him. Tanner Scott has been able to rein it in a little bit, but they've been dealing with an injury to Cole Solzer. Lewis Ed is currently, I believe, on the injured list. If not, he's been DFA because he wound up entering into the month of June with a 1-1-2 ERA. Currently, it's went north of a 5. He wound up having a really rough stretch just in that month of June in general. But you also take a look at this Washington Nationals team, and what I find to be very striking about them is that they do a good job of being able to get on base. This is a team that, in terms of batting average, are actually one of the best teams out there in the big leagues. They just don't have the power to be able to drive anyone in as they're currently dead last in the National League in terms of home runs per game, despite the fact that they're number five in the big leagues in terms of batting average. And what else I find to be interesting about the Washington Nationals, they're hitting 268 on the road. That is the top mark in the National League. That's better than the Washington. That's better than the LA Dodgers, the New York Mets. You throw out your, their team there. But with Washington Nationals, at home, they're hitting at 242. Really doesn't make a lot of sense as to why you've got such demonstrative home and road splits there. It would make a little bit more sense with a team like a Miami. And with Miami, they actually have been hitting significantly better at home rather than on the road, even though it's very much a pitcher-friendly ballpark. So go figure there. But when it comes to Miami, you do have just Chislam, who's been able to give you right around 14 home runs. He's been able to hit a little bit above 250 for this team. Garrett Cooper has been able to do a nice job of being able to reach base. And for the Washington Nationals, the one guy that's not hitting for average right now, that'd be Juan Soto. He still has right around a 370 on base, but this guy was the National League MVP front runner entering into the year, and his stock has plummeted like Enron to just call it like it is. Someone who has been able to give the team 14 home runs thus far this season. That is the best mark that you're able to find out there in the net. That is one of the best marks that you're able to find with this team. But that said, just has been a very disappointing year for him in general. And when it comes to the Washington National team, I do think that Josiah Gray, who has, by the way, given up two runs or fewer in each out of his last five starts, he is probably going to be doing for a little bit of negative regression. He does a solid job of being able to get quite a few swings and misses, but with Josiah Gray as well, it is a little bit of an issue of walks. And I do think that both of these guys in general, they do have their walks issues when it comes to where you're going to be able to get out of Trevor Rogers. He's been walking a little bit over three guys per nine innings with Josiah Gray right around four walks per nine innings, and he's been giving up hard contact as well. Ever since he was acquired by Washington, he's been giving up two home runs per nine innings. So you do have your worry spots there. So I do wind up making the DK Nation pick the Miami Marlins on the money line. I was willing to lay right around minus 120 and said I am getting a plus price. And when it comes to total, set it a little bit north of nine. I officially wound up making it 
a 9.1 with the way that these guys have just pitched so differently when they have been in their respective home slash road environments as well. So I'm going to be taking a look at it over in this spot, and I am going to be taking a look at the Miami Marlins being able to get a little bit of a plus price. How about if we wind up going with the biggest favorite on the board next up, the Atlanta Braves. They're on the road. They're facing off against the Cincinnati Reds. This is 9 to 5, 9 to 6 on the betting board with Mike Miner, hoping to not be a major disappointment in this one, much like he's been for much of the season in the Atlanta Braves. They are minus 255 on the road. I'm seeing a couple straight minus 250s, but you're not going to be able to get much of a discount on this one. And total in a lot of spots is nine. I'm seeing a few nine and a halfs out there. It opened up at a nine and a half. DraftKings, they still have a nine and a half currently up, but we have seen this revert a lot to nines at other books that are around here in Las Vegas. And at a nine, I would be in on the over with this pitching matchup. Now, Max Fried has actually been able to have a little bit better of a roadie area rather than a homey area thus far this season. And it doesn't matter where you've put Mike Miner. You could wind up putting him at home. You could wind up putting him on the road. You could send him to Planet Venus. And you know, I would be giving up runs a little bit north of a 7 ERA thus far this season. He's been a little bit unlucky. I mean, we're just going to call it like it is. When you have a home runs per nine rate that is north of three, and it's bound to come down. And Mike Miner, ever since coming off the injured list, it has been a relatively bad state of affairs for him. And Mike Miner, I still feel like, might be paying for the hot start to the 2019 season where he wound up looking like one of the best pitchers in the league. You were looking at the fielding independent and the ERA. It was not matching up. And then second half of that year, he wound up getting shelled. Towards back half of the 2020 season, he got shelled. Last season with Kansas City Royals at north of a five ERA. And thus far this season, it has been bad. And as a matter of fact, 771 ERA, 796 fielding independent. So he has been just as bad with regards to the advanced metric as he has actually been, but when it comes to Kansas, when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds, the redeeming quality that you have with this team is that they've been able to do an absolutely incredible job of being able to hit at home. They've got a 263 home batting average. Their road batting average is more like a 223. That's a 40-point difference that's on par with teams like the Colorado Rockies in terms of home and road splits, and this is the Cincinnati Reds team that they're the second-highest scoring offense out there in the big leagues at home with 5.5 runs per game at home. Other than the Colorado Rockies, there's no other team that averages more than 5.1 runs per game at home. So the Cincinnati Reds have been able to do a good job of being able to put back to ball for the Atlanta Braves. They've been solid both at home and on the road, right around 5.8 runs per game at home, right around 4.5 runs per game on the road. So they've been able to do a fairly steady job there. And for the Atlanta Braves, you do have a guy in Austin Riley who's been able to go deep 18 times thus far this season. But on top of that, you got Travis Arno, Marcel Zuna, Dansby Swanson, guys, having between right around 11 and 14 home runs. Maybe they would do a nice job with that aspect. But I also do take a look at the Cincinnati Reds team. And Joey Votto, ever since he wanted coming off the COVID IL, he's been able to do a relatively solid job for this bunch. And with the Atlanta Braves, they did wind up having to dive quite deep into their bullpen in that game against the Philadelphia Phillies. Jesus Cruz wound up having to throw multiple innings. He wound up having the Philadelphia Phillies pretty much utilize the Atlanta Braves is batting practice, so I will say for the Atlanta Braves, they still do have a top eight team in terms of bullpen ERA, but guys like Darren O'Day, Will Smith, some of the veterans, they've been a little bit less trustworthy than someone like a Dylan Lee, who's been able to do a solid job for the team. Jackson Stevens, he's been able to step up a little bit as a long guy, I will say, over the last 30 days. It has been a little bit more of a slog and a struggle for him, but he's been able to do a nice job being able to hold down the four from time to time as well. Got so bad, actually, for the Atlanta Braves on Thursday that Mike Ford, position player, wound up having to come in 
and needed either to pitch for the team. But with the Cincinnati Reds having guys that are able to consistently get on bases big, and for the Cincinnati Reds, you almost do wind up having to adjust your numbers a little bit because there were so many guys that were dealing with injuries towards the beginning part of the season when they wound up having that 3-22 and stretch. They were without, for much of it, Luis Castillo. Mike Miner is going to be on the mound in this one, though. I will say, for the Cincinnati Reds, and just a little bit more with regards to the point of the over. Dead last in terms of bullpen ERA, really the top guy that has been coming out of the bullpen for the team this season, Alexis Diaz. He is now on the injured list. Jeff Hoffman has begun to regress a little bit, and Hunter Strickland was relatively trustworthy like seven, eight years ago in the postseason. Hunter Strickland is a guy that you don't want to be messing with, along with Art Warren, but I do think that we've gotten up a little bit too demonstrative with this one. Max Fried, certainly a solid pitcher, and I felt like the Atlanta Braves should have been a relatively sizable favorite. I was willing to make them nearly a $2 favorite, but now getting north of plus 200 on the Cincinnati Reds with the way that this team is able to perform at home with the bats, I'm going to be taking a look at a 9-over end with the Cincinnati Reds. Willing to take a plus price here. I was willing to take anything north of a plus $2. If you're a little bit less daring, you're able to get a run and app with the Cincinnati Reds. In a lot of places, anywhere between about a plus 130 to a plus 135, this gets up north of a plus 130. I don't think that that's the worst look in the world either. And what is a terrific look is going to be this UFC 276 card. It is going to be absolutely amazing. And Dan Vreeland, he does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is going to be breaking down all the fights and all the action with me next right here on The Look At on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers and cold hard gash. Join in on the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Break Gin Challenge. You're able to compete in 20 free-to-play pools for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com Heineken. Now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 years or older. Only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, please do drink responsibly as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to be joined by Dan Freeland. He does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Does a great job taking a look at the UFC. And hey, oh yeah, there's a 270 UFC 276 card. And it's going to be really, really good. And Dan, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. I'm a little bit bummed as to us not being able to get the return of Misha Tate to the ring. But with that said, we've got a lot of good fights. And something that I talked about the last time you were here is Sometimes the chalkiest picks that you wind up making, sometimes they're the best ones because sometimes you could wind up laying north of $2, but if you wind up laying like minus $2, minus $2.50, and you think that there's like a 80-plus percent chance that you wind up hitting, it is one of those cases in which there's a lot of value. And what wound up standing out to me is one of the plays that you like for this UFC 276 card is Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky being able to go the distance. Right now, we're seeing it in a lot of places right around minus $2, and this is going to be the third fight between these two. Both times, there really wasn't a lot of a threat of a knockout, and I am right there with you. What history winds up telling us is that this fight is going to wind up going the distance. You want to betting it the first two times, you're going to be able to get there. And I, mean, I take a look at this fight at Max Holloway. If you're taking a look at the money line between about a plus 165 to a plus 170, but I'm with you. I think that the best look on this fight is for it to just be able to go the distance. Yeah, and, and I like Alexander Volkanovsky as well. Like, I, I think he's going to complete the trilogy here and beat Max Holloway for the third time. But when you're you're looking at whether or not it's worth it to bet him in a super close fight that, like I said, will probably go to the judges' scorecards, you know, who knows what judges see sometimes, and it's, it's hard to gauge exactly how the fight will get scored. So with all of that in mind, just betting that the fight goes to decision without playing any particular fighter, you're getting almost the exact same price as picking Volkanovsky in the, that his own right, you know, on his own. And not just was there little threat of the knockout in the first couple of fights, but both guys are extremely durable. And I would say this, the more and more fighters get used to one another, the less and less they like put themselves in risk that the other guy can take advantage of. So we, we've seen that with a lot of rematch fights. I mean, you can look at that with all of Rose Nama Yunus's rematches where she's knocked people out the first couple of times and then followed that up with, you know, maybe a more technical decision. So I think we're going to see that technical decision here. And, you know, you, you can sort of avoid worrying about whether or not you pick the winner correctly and get the same price on the favorite. Yep, I think that that's a good way of being able to take a look at things. And I do agree with you. I do think that Volkanovski has a good shot of being able to complete the trilogy here. Right now, we're finding him in a lot of places between minus $190, minus $2. I think that that's a fair price. And there is a guy that is right around minus $2. This has actually come down a little bit. We're finding him a little bit below that. 
that you like as well. This is in the Cowboys, Cerrone, and Jim Miller fight. Jim Miller opened up in a lot of spots right around a minus 220. Right now, we're finding it anywhere between minus 190 and minus 195. I'm not sure about you, but I think the only reason why money has come in on Cowboys, Cerrone, you... I swear the guy must be like 577 years old right now, and he was fighting when Muhammad Ali was just coming into boxing. I mean, this is just a case in which I feel like money is coming out on Cowboy Cerrone only because of the name brand. I'm not sure about you, but I like Jim Miller being able to get the job done here. Yeah, and it's weird to me too, and and you're right. I I think you're paying for name if you're paying for Cowboy Cerrone right now because he's looked pretty terrible in his last five or so fights with the exception of maybe the Nico Price fight. He he had his moments in that one. But apart from that, I I haven't really thought he's had his moments in very many fights as of late. And then you compare that with Jim Miller, who's got back-to-back knockouts over young prospects. His hands seemingly are coming around, which is, you know, not something we've seen from him over a long period of time. You know, we've always thought of him as a submission threat. He himself, I feel like, probably should have more name value on him. So it's surprising that nobody's going in on him here. But I see Jim Miller as a guy who's seemingly getting better at this stage. And, and not like he's he's going to make a run at the title or anything like that. But he's getting better still. He's finding different pieces of his game still at this age. Whereas Cowboy Cerrone seems like he's kind of one of those guys who's got one foot out the door and is maybe kind of phoning it in for the last few fights. So, yeah, at, at negative... 200 or right around that number and the fact that it's even going down i love jim miller in this spot i've seen some people talk about like thinking that he's going to get a finish and probably trying to play the finish prop i think that that's probably being a little bit too cute here because i I would say this while he does have power in his hands cerrone did take an absolute beating from nico price in one of those rounds and he kept moving forward with it anyway he's gone to decision two out of the last three fights it's really hard to get him out of there and it's really hard to submit him, which is really what Jim Miller prefers to do. So while that is sort of tempting for some people, I would say just Jim Miller straight up here is the play I like. Yep. I do not blame you there. I do think that Miller should be able to get the job done. And I think that we're both in agreement. Cowboy Cerrone, good fighter back in the day. Right now you are paying for the name brand and the name brand itself. And one that I think is going to be very interesting as well as Brad Tavares and the Duplices fight. Right now, you're finding Tavares right around about a plus 125 to a plus 130, depending upon where you look. I think that this is going to be a very interesting fight as this is a round prop that right now you're finding it at two and a half and the juice is just all over the place in that one as well. I do think that this is one of the more even up fights here. I do lean a little bit to the favorite, but I do think that Tavares very much a little bit of a live dog here and one that we're seeing the money come again. It says... Tavares wound up actually opening up the favorite. Now he's the underdog and a relatively sizable underdog at that compared to where he was at the beginning. Yeah, I I think this is a case of the books sort of underestimating what information is out there on Dreykus Duplices because Duplices hits incredibly hard. I mean, the guy is a physical specimen uh, and he's only fought a few times in the UFC. So, you know, maybe they thought that people would favor the guy in Brad Tavares, who's been in the UFC for seemingly, again, another guy who's been there for seemingly 100 years. But really, Duplices has got the knockout power, and I've always kind of seen Brad Tavares as a guy who's hittable. Um, if a guy is willing to put themselves at risk and, and really go for it against Brad Tavares, typically as long as they're not getting taken down or not getting sort of worn out with what Tavares is doing, there, there's a chance that they could finish him. And Dreykus Duplices, to me, is a guy who will do that. Now, like you said, 
I kind of wish I got him a long time ago. You know, if you're you're looking at plus 110 or plus 120 where he opened at some books, now he's betting off at negative 145. But there's a reason he's been down down that way. It's because I really think the knockout power is there. I I think he has a chance where he could go three rounds with Tavares and still win this fight. Um, Yeah, I I really like Duplices here as well. Yep, we've hit on quite a few favorites thus far, but I know you do a good job of being able to honor some underdogs. Heck, on this show last week, you gave out an underdog that wound up being a little bit north of $2 on close, wound up being a bit there at UFC Fight Night. Is there a dog creature that you're going to be taking a look at in terms of this UFC 276 card? Yeah, we we talked about uh, paying for name brand a little bit earlier on, and, and I really think that's what people are doing with Ian Gary. So Ian Gary is a prospect out of Ireland. When have we heard that story before? And he's got a whole lot of hype behind him. I mean, the, the nickname's the future, Ian the future Gary. And I think it's a little bit misguided here. He's fighting Gabe Green, a guy who's 2-1 and one in the UFC. He picked up his first knockout last time out. And in addition to that, the one loss that came in his first fight came on four days' notice against Daniel Rodriguez, who is a hell of a tough first opponent. So uh, Gabe Green is a guy who I have a lot of faith in, and he's got a lot of power in his hands. He can mix things up. I've seen his takedowns. His takedowns are good. He uses his leg kicks extremely well. And Ian Gary is a guy who, who got tagged a lot his first time out. And, and, you know, his first time out was not a short notice fight. He actually fought Jordan Williams, who wound up going 0-4 in the UFC before he got uh, released. So Ian Gary is a guy who gets tagged a little bit. Gabe Green is a guy who tags people and who hits people hard. We're, we're seeing him. I mean, like the number has fluctuated pretty heavily around there, but anywhere between plus 130 and plus 150 over the last week or so, I really think there's tons of value in Gabe Green here. He's one of my favorite underdogs this week. That is going to be one that I think is going to be a good fight as well with Green. You're able to get him right now at DraftKings. I'm seeing a plus 150, so some relatively solid value there. And then, we wound up touching upon the Hallway versus Volkanovsky trilogy fight. How about Israel De La Adesanya? He is going to be going off right now as right around a minus 450 to a minus $5 favorite. It is one of the chalkiest fights on this card. As a matter of fact, I think that he is, as a matter of fact, the biggest favorite on this card. Is there anything that you're going to be looking at with regards to this fight? Because I do think that Adesanya, he's going to be able to get it done once again. Just one of those cases in which I wouldn't want to be laying minus $5 on this fight. Yeah, and I don't really have a great read on how Izzy gets it done here either. Because I do like Israel Adesanya. I don't think Jared Cannonier has got the right game plan or got the right style to beat Israel Adesanya. So then you have to ask yourself, do you think he's going decision? Do you think he can knock him out? I, of course, think he can knock him out. I think Israel Adesanya can knock anybody out. But the problem is, is that Adesanya sometimes comes with a game plan that really matches what his opponent's doing. You know, we we saw him, you know, go the distance in a very boring Yoel Romero fight. And, and it's totally possible he does that again because the guy is so smart. He does everything he's supposed to to make sure he doesn't put himself in a needless risk and wins a fight the way that he knows he can. So... Uh, it's such a hard fight for me to call. If you had to tell me gun to my head to pick one here, I think I picked Decision. I don't blame you there, as Dan does a great job taking a look at the UFC. Big thanks to him. And coming up next, we're at the Diamond right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here. For just $19, you get everything that VSIN has to offer now until the end of July. Sign up and you'll be able to get VSIN's daily best bets. This includes Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. I know that Scott winds up giving out quite a few as well. The man that I'm filling in for Scott Seidenberg, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. 
also coming your way. If you want the full feast and experience, which includes daily best bet emails, every single edition of Point Spread Weekly, use for our betting tools, live video streaming, and so much more. The cost is just $19 to be a subscriber now through July 31st, and you're able to sign up at vcin.com slash summer. As it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg, and a big thanks to Dan Vreeland. Did a great job joining me, taking a look at the UFC. We've got a massive card that's going to be coming up this week. Since the pandemic, I would rate this a top five card personally for me. So I'm going to be very interested to see what we wind up getting in all these fights. Israel Adesanya, I think, is going to be able to take care of business. Don't know if I want to necessarily lay $5, much like our good friend Mr. Vreeland. So it's going to be a very fun time being able to watch all those fights. A big thanks to him. And coming up in about 15 minutes, we have Matt Landis on. He does a great job with the Props and Hops podcast. Going to be taking a look at a little bit of what we're getting in the NFL futures market with him, perhaps a couple season wins, other props with regards to odds to be able to win MVP and the latest on how to gauge the Cleveland Browns, because I don't know about you guys, but this is a very, very bad situation with regards to everything that's happening there. And we don't know how long that Deshaun Watson suspension is going to be. So much in the air on that. So we're going to be having a great chat with our good friend, Matt, in a few minutes, but let's take a look at a little bit of baseball in the meantime, as we've got a full slate of baseball for this Friday, 15 total games, and we've got a pair of teams battling for one and two out there in the National League West. 9-11, 9-12 on the banging board. It is the San Diego Padres. They're on the road facing off against the LA Dodgers with Tony Gonsolin getting the start for the Dodgers, and Blake Snell is going to be on the bump for the Padres, and the Padres, they are finding themselves as a pretty sizable underdog. You're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 150 and plus 160, and with the Dodgers, find them as bad as a minus 190, as good as a minus 170. I was seeing a minus 160, but that's what I wound up opening at. Being a lot of money coming in on the LA Dodgers after they were able to take care of business against the Padres. And hard to go against Tony, Tony Gonsolin right now. I do think that he's going to be doing for a little bit of negative regression as opponents are a buck 20 off of him at home. I mean, Tony Gonsolin is having an absolutely incredible season, and I think that he deserves a little bit of. Love in terms of the MVP, or not the MVP, but the Cy Young conversation. He has been that good to this point. Opponents are not going to continue at a buck 18 off of him at home. That's just absolutely insane. And I mean, all season long, he's been able to get the job done. Opponents are averaging 4.9 hits per nine innings overall off of him. He's been able to do a nice job of being able to in the walks as well. The big bugaboo with Tony Gonsolin in past years was that just giving out a bunch of walks. Last year, five and a half walks per nine innings. We was getting a little bit more swing and miss, but that wound up knocking him out of games very early. Now he's been able to go north of five innings in eight out of his last nine starts. Wound up going five and two-thirds in his last start on Sunday Night Baseball against the Atlanta Braves. So he's really been able to rein it in in terms of that. Now, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression coming in, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. This bears out with his fielding independent being a 337 compared to a buck 58 in terms of ZRA. But you also take a look at Blake Snell and... This is not a guy that I want to be backing, especially on the road. Ever since he wanted game to San Diego, his ERA on the road is over 2.25 points higher on the road than it is at home. And the guy just does not locate very well. 4.8 walks per nine innings thus far this season. Ever since he wanted getting to San Diego, his walks per nine rate away from San Diego, that is hovering in the neighborhood of six. His swing and miss stuff is way down. Last year, 12 strikeouts per nine innings, 9.7 this season. Now, his fielding independent indicates that there should be a little bit of negative regression or some positive progression for him. 378 fielding independent compared to a 560 ERA, but I mean, just in watching him, 
it feels like the 560 ERA that we've seen out of him is relatively representative of the way that he's pitched this year. Not too great. And with the San Diego Padres, they don't necessarily back him up with a world beater bullpen. You've got Taylor Rogers who's been able to do a good job as closer, 20 plus saves. But I mean, really, other than Abel Crisman, who's got a sub two ERA, he's a guy that's able to give you multiple innings. You don't have a lot of faith that too many of these guys, Luis Garcia, has been okay. And then for the LA Dodgers, what has been intriguing about them is that the lesser known bullpen pieces have really been the guys you're able to trust. And they did wind up using up Craig Kimbrell on Thursday. And if he can't wind up going on Friday, I don't think that that's too much of a downgrade. He's posted up right around a four ERA. You haven't necessarily been able to get a lot of production out of Broussard or Gratterall, Blake Tryon, who I really do feel like is one of the better relievers out there in the big leagues. He's been dealing with injury all season long. He's still out of the fold for the team, but it's been someone like an Alex Vizio who's got a three ERA. Phil Bickford has been a little bit of a hot mess, but we got Yancey Almonte, the former Colorado Rocky, posting up a sub-two ERA. These guys have been solid, and for the LA Dodgers, I've been taking quite a few unders with them, especially with Mookie Betts being out of the fold, because this is just a lineup that, in general, I've been a little bit low on. You're going to be hearing on my baseball betting show, which you're able to catch that podcast wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. list goes on and on. It is a part of the Veasan Family Podcast. I'm going to be talking with another man that does great work with the Veasan Family Podcast, Holden Kushner. We're going to be talking about this on my podcast. The fact that the LA Dodgers just with Mookie Betts out of the fold, they haven't necessarily been able to get things ignited. Cody Bellinger, I still believe since he wound up having that injury in the 2020 World Series, hasn't necessarily been able to fully recover from that. I think that not enough was made out of it. On top of that, Justin Turner wound up being one of the heroes for the LA Dodgers on Thursday. He hasn't necessarily been able to have a great season. He was able to get two home runs in that game, but thanks to a three to three, three for three night, he's hitting at 227 overall for the season. You've been having to sort of mix and match out there in the outfield as well. Jake Lamb all of a sudden is getting at pass for the team for the San Diego Padres. Good news is Manny Machado is back at the fold. Bad news is Manny Machado had four at bats in his first game back, and he wound up having three punch outs. That's honestly too terrific. And then beyond that, CJ Abrams, Trent Grisham, these guys have had a tough time getting on base. You've got a lot of guys sort of hitting in that pocket of between about a 240 to a 250. Jose Azucar, Rickson Profar, Jake Cronenworth. These guys are all sort of in that neighborhood. Austin Nola just below that, right around 235. But right now, Manny Machado is the only guy on this team has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. So I do have my question marks with the San Diego Padres. And what's interesting about the San Diego Padres is that this is a bunch that, on the road, they have actually been one of the best offenses in all of baseball. As a matter of fact, they're number one in terms of runs per game on the road, right around 5.4. This has been very much smoke and mirrors. I do think that there's going to be some regression with it. The question becomes, does Blake Snell wind up walking so many guys that this could wind up going over the 7.5 total? I'm going to take my chances on the under personally because I do think that Tony Gonsolin is going to continue to be masterful at home. I just think that this is a San Diego Padres team that is going to have a tough time being able to put back to ball. So I'm looking at the under. And with the LA Dodgers, don't necessarily have a lot of interest with regards to this money line because if you're taking a look at the run line, you're able to get a relatively good plus price here at Circa. I'm seeing a plus 123. Other places, more like a plus 115. I was willing to lay a small price on the LA Dodgers, so I'm going to reduce the juice. I'm going to look at the run line because I think that the Padres are going to have a tough time scoring, so I'm going to be taking a look at that, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over and with, or with this total under end. When it comes to another team that's having a little bit of a rough go of it, that would be the Chicago White Sox. They are going to be out west. They're going to be facing off against the San Francisco Giants. This is 929, 930 on the betting board. Lance Lynn gets a start for the White Sox. Alex Cobb is going to be on the bump 
for the San Francisco Giants. And it's an intriguing look on this game because Alex Cobb, we talk about the fielding independent of Blake Snell. This guy has been so incredibly unlucky. It's not even funny. Opponents are in a 288 off of him, but you take a look at things and the batted balls on in play has just been one of the most comical things I've ever seen. Every single ball that gets put in play winds up going up against Alex Cobb. 548 ERA compared to a 322 fielding independent. 10.5 strikeouts per nine innings. Right around 2.7 walks per nine. Gives up right around one home run per nine innings. But it's not necessarily that he's necessarily giving up a whole bunch of hard contact. He's just having every ball that winds up getting in on him. They all wind up finding just the wrong area of the field where the fielders are not. So that's been an issue for him. And Lance Lynn, he's been a hot mess ever since he wanted coming back to the major league level. Three starts thus far. He has given up at least three runs at every one of them. He even take a look at the minor league start. They wanted making prior to going back up to the big leagues. He did not look like himself. He's still getting right around nine strike cuts per nine innings. He's not necessarily giving up a ton of home runs, but his pitches are just finding the middle of the plate at this point. This is not the same Lance Lynn that we know and love. And for the White Sox, they've been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to get on base, but they've got very demonstrative righty and lefty splits. It's a White Sox team that they right around about at 242 against right-handed pitching. Against left-handed pitching, they're in north of a 290. Meanwhile, the San Francisco Giants, they have been able to do a solid job of being able to generate quite a few runs. Bullpen, their ERA is way down for last season. Last season, they wound up having a sub-three bullpen ERA. You can tell that they're missing Buster Posey because this year, they're more towards the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. But with that said, this is a Chicago White Sox team that without Liam Hendricks out there, they have a bunch of unreliable bullpen pieces. Joe Kelly, there's having no faith in him north of an 80 ERA other than Kendall Graveman. I really cannot sip my chips in the basket of any of these White Sox relievers. Set my total at an 8.2. So I'm looking at a 7.5 or an 8 over and with the Giants, I'm going to lay up to a right around a minus 145 with them. So look at Giants and I'm going to be looking at the over and coming up next, we're going to be looking at some NFL futures with our man Matt Landis. He does a terrific job with the Props and Ops podcast and you're going to hear him next right here on the Look At On Vsin, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And great to be joined by Matt Landis. He does a great job taking a look at the game of NFL via. A little bit more of a futures perspective on the Props and Hops podcast. You're able to find that wherever you wind up getting your podcast. And Matt, it is great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Greg, thanks for having me back on. Greetings from Los Angeles, also known tonight as Big Ten Country. <laughs> Very weird to say because I'm someone from the state of Wisconsin. And I, I never thought that Wisconsin and USC and UCLA would wind up being rivals in football and basketball. But... The year is 2022, and I like you on him saying off air. Money Talks and the Pac-12 Network, it was available to about 22 different people. I might be underestimating, and it might be available to 24 people, but I tell you right now, I wound up having a tough time being able to get a hold of it the last few years. But something that's a little bit easier to be able to get a hold of is ways to be able to bet NFL futures. Being able to find those winners sometimes may be as difficult as trying to find the Pac-12 Network, but... With that said, I know you've got a little bit of a play when it comes to the Offensive Rookie of the Year market, and it's not necessarily on one of these big-time players that we wind up seeing drafted at the quarterback spot. What are you looking at in terms of Offensive Rookie of the Year? Yeah, to your point, with this being a season without a big-time quarterback prospect in the Offensive Rookie of the Year market, I like a look at a long shot. Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver on the Cowboys, This one, we talk about shopping around quite often, but this is the epitome of a line to shop for. I'm seeing it as low as 16 to one, as high as 50 to one. I've seen both of those numbers at multiple books in the last 24 to 48 hours. To simplify things, I like to think of my buy price as 30 to one or better. I'm seeing better than that right now at multiple offshores. And I know, Greg, that last time we connected, I talked on this show about liking the Cowboys to come in under their regular season win total of 10 and a half. Now, fading the Cowboys in the regular season win total market, not necessarily going hand in hand with fading their top drafted wide receiver out of this year's class. A hat tip to Cleve TA for breaking this down on props and hops back in May. By the way, Cleve TA today, a great follow on Twitter. He released a really awesome NFL preview guide, absolutely free. But as far as this prop goes, Jalen Tolbert, Rookie of the Year, he's stepping into a good offense, and he's probably going to step into a pretty good role from day one with Amari Cooper gone, Michael Gallup still recovering from a torn ACL. So Tolbert could be the number two receiver for the Cowboys. 
And another parallel with that regular season win total under bet, the Cowboys, I think, probably likely to be trailing more than a lot of the betting market anticipates. That could make them a more pass-heavy offense this coming season. And Tolbert's a guy coming into the league without a lot of fanfare. He's a relatively old receiver entering his rookie season, if we can use old in air quotes to describe a 23-year-old athlete of his caliber. Long-term, yeah, if he enters the league at 23 instead of 21 or 22, maybe that cuts a season or two off the tail end of his career. But we're only looking at this bet through the perspective of his rookie season. And like you said, without a big quarterback threat in this year's rookie class, I think 30 to 1 or better offers plenty of value on a guy like Jalen Tolbert to take home Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I'm so glad that you brought up the age as well, because not just in the NFL, but just across all sports, whenever you wind up having the Rookie of the Year award, it always feels like those guys that they wind up being like a senior in college, maybe a fifth-year guy, because we've now got the COVID year available in college basketball along the NFL. That always seems to provide a little bit more value just because a guy winds coming in with a little bit more experience. Their ceiling in year two, year three, year four, list goes on and on. That's a little bit less, but at the same time, you have a little bit of a higher floor in your number one as well. So I'm glad that you wind up bringing up that point. And what is really happening right now is... In terms of the NFL, the Deshaun Watson situation, I wish it was something a little bit different. I wish we could be talking about a little bit of a happier topic or we could talk about something a little bit more comical. This is certainly not something that you want to be diving into. We've been hearing about these negotiations for many days. And as we both know, it's hard to be able to get down a lot of money with regards to the Cleveland Browns in terms of futures market because many bookmakers like us, they don't know necessarily how this is going to be going. It's a very unique process with what is happening with this Deshaun Watson future suspension and what's all going to be happening with that. But you found a way to be able to try to be able to fade the Cleveland Browns. Talk about this because it involves week number one. Yeah, I think the best available angle on the board right now to step in front of Cleveland, assuming Watson not under center for them to start the season would be a week one teaser involving their opponent, the Carolina Panthers. So I'm looking at week one at a two-team, six-point teaser using the Panthers and the Colts. And Carolina's case, taking them up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half hosting the Browns and taking the Colts down from minus eight to minus two on the road at Houston. And with teasers, I want to emphasize, I see a lot of value in the two-team, six-point teaser when you can tease through the key numbers of three and seven, basically looking for underdogs in the range of plus one and a half to plus two and a half, or favorites in the range of minus seven and a half to minus eight and a half. The Panthers and Colts fit the mold here when we look at the week one board and the price point for teasers. Try to find minus 120 or better. I know that teasers crossing through three and seven have really gotten onto sportsbooks radars in the past several seasons but a lot of good shops still offering them for minus 120 or better. That would be my recommended price cutoff here. And with the Panthers, we think that, uh, you know, we might have missed the best of the number if you're not somebody sitting on a Panthers plus three or better ticket when the spread was on the other side of three recently. But I'd like to point out that missing the best of the number with that point spread doesn't necessarily mean you've missed the boat altogether because now, again, with the Panthers being in teaser territory, I think that's a good parachute for any betters getting to the game a bit late. Taking them up through a touchdown, I think we'll have some good closing line value come kickoff on week one because once we get concrete news on a Watson suspension, I think this line still has room to move even lower. And with a total of just 42 and that Panthers-Browns week one game, that's the second lowest total on the board 
Low totals tend to imply low variance, which works out well in teasers. We want to kind of minimize variance in order to maximize the value of every point we get, taking the Panthers up north of a touchdown. I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game outright. Now, of course, with this being a teaser, we can't just rely on the Browns' week one opponent and the Panthers. We need a second leg to get in play as well. So I'm looking toward the Colts, starting at the most important position on the field, quarterback. I know Matt Ryan doesn't have the highest ceiling these days, but I think a key to this bet, his floor is higher than what we saw from Carson Wentz down the stretch, especially in that perplexing loss to Jacksonville to end the Colts' playoff hopes last season. I don't think Matt Ryan makes a similar number of mistakes compared to Carson Wentz, and therefore I think against a team like the Texans, I think the Colts can take care of business. Road favorites can be a little bit dangerous in teasers. Don't want to take anything for granted here, but asking the superior team like the Colts to do little more than win outright, also a nice way to fade the Houston Texans in their current form. So again, that week one teaser, the Panthers going up to plus eight and a half, hosting the Browns paired with the Colts, taking Indy down to minus two at Houston. Yep, and with the Indianapolis Colts, it's another team that I'm relatively bullish on. It's one of those teams that I always put in sort of the boat of the more that I look at them, the more that I like them, I do think that it's going to be a solid year for them, to your point. Getting Carson Wentz out of the fold, as that was not necessarily a match made in heaven, to say the least, as it ended after one year. That is something that... Uh, that Certainly, I think is an upgrade for them. And then on top of that, with the Indianapolis Colts, just all these skill guys that are going to be around Matt Ryan, unlike what he wound up having the last few years, I think that he's going to be able to thrive. And when it comes to taking a look at some season wins as well, because I know that you do a great job with this, you've got one that you wanted coming to recently, and it involves an AFC team in the in the New England Patriots. Right now in a lot of books, you're finding this right around an 8.5. Where are you going to be looking at with regards to the Patriots? Yeah, under eight and a half, minus 105, the consensus price. And I'm good on playing the Patriots under at those numbers. I know we talked about rookies coming into the league and kind of finding their footing early on in the rookie of the year bet involving Jalen Tolbert. Mac Jones showed pretty well last season, but looking at his offensive coordinator going from Josh McDaniels to possibly nobody, it's a little confusing as to what's going on with who's calling the shots offensively for the Patriots. His O-line also taking a downgrade. Cole Strange, a big reach for the Patriots in the first round of the draft. We'll see how that plays out. Defensively, they lost J.C. Jackson. They're facing some better quarterbacks this season. So those quarterbacks could be a little bit immune to Belichick's complex scheme that tends to really fluster younger quarterbacks. Not as much of an option for the Patriots with this season's schedule that they've been dealt. And just looking at that division, the Bills, arguably the best team in the league. The Dolphins in win-now mode. The Jets, I mean, Greg, can they be any worse this season? I know Belichick takes care of business, so I don't expect the Patriots to lose a ton of games. Therefore, this is a smaller bet for me, but I do see value in it when I look at the regular season one total market. And one more reminder to shop around. Under 8.5 minus 105, the consensus price. But you can get some decent plus money. I'm seeing plus 110 attached to this number in the offshore market. So all comes down to the price, but even at consensus numbers, I like a small bet on the Patriots to come in under eight and a half. And typically with futures, you're able to find a lot more variance with that rather than a game-by-game -game perspective. But a man that does a great job breaking it all down, that'd be you, Matt. Matt doing an absolutely amazing job with the Props and Ops podcast. A big thanks to him for joining me tonight on The Look At And coming next, going to be diving into some Friday baseball right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network.
If you thought there was a sports betting offseason, think again. Our VEASAN sports betting experts are working 24-7 to keep you informed on every sport on the schedule. The over pays the same for a baseball game or a football championship, and our team grinds year-round to help improve year-round to help improve year-round to help improve year-round. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced every rivalry every rematch Every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.